2: We've got your
0: local sports fix. It's all sports talk on news radio, WGNS.
3: Good afternoon. Welcome to all sports talk, a Friday edition, another scorcher in the borough. Hope everybody's having a great day today. Got a couple guests, Larry Woody, longtime sports writer, author, and columnist is joining us. And we'll also have a uh, Riverdale football coach, Will Kreisky. We'll get his uh, opinions on the TWSWA and their decision to delay a vote on their contingency plan, and um, talk about the Warriors and the upcoming season, if there is one. But right now, Larry's joining us. Larry, how are you? Uh, Monty, I'm I'm uh, hot and sticky like everybody else. Well, Larry is now a um. Um, contributor to Main Street Media, of which um, the Murfreesboro Post uh, falls under that umbrella. So um, um, I'm no longer, the, uh, well, I guess Tommy Bryan would find under this. Um, the old dinosaurs is what we are, basically.
4: My money, I've got so many bosses. I keep, take, keep up with them. I guess Tommy Brown's kind of my boss in the in the, at the, at the Wilson post in Lebanon, that, that he's the one who kind of talked me into to coming out of retirement. And then I guess you're, you're kind of my boss with the Murfreesboro post. So, uh, like like I say, I've got so many, many of you bosses, Monty. I don't know what to do.
3: Yeah, I was, um, we were having a zoom meeting the other day and Ivan Ronan, uh, he goes. Boy, I can't believe I'm putting you and Larry Woody in the same sports section.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ivan, we're kind of re- renew- reuniting there, too, because I've Ivan worked in the office at the Tennessean when I was there over a lot of years, so it, it, it's fun, and... uh uh, I, I enjoy it, uh, Monty, the, the, the main reason for what it's worth that I, I kind of took the the, the the offer when it came along was the Super Speedway is going to reopen, and NASCAR is coming in with the cup race, and Tommy asked me if I'd be interested in doing some outdoor riding uh, along with some, some racing riding for the for the post and, and for, for his paper and the papers in, in Murfreesboro, Monty, and I think there's six or eight scattered around Middle Tennessee, and I, I think it'll be fun. I, I enjoy it. Obviously, I don't do it to to make a living. I do it for the fun of it. And and Marty, as you know, I think that the smaller community papers like that are are uh, they're they're doing well. Uh, all all news is is local news, and as you and I have said before, Marty, sometimes they try to make that newspapering stuff too complicated. It's fairly simple. Go go out and get some stories that people are interested in reading, and put them in the paper, and readers will buy the paper, and then the advertisers will follow the readers. So somewhere along the line a lot of newspapers seem to to, to get away from that but again I, if you if you put stories in your in your paper that people in the, in that area are interested in uh, I I think you can you know I I think you you'll get have a readership and in fact I know you a lot it it's it's been proven over the years and I I've done some writing for several several other papers like that and I, I, as I say I'm I'm looking forward to it I think it's going to be fun
3: Yeah you know in my waning years at the with gannett at the dnj i was like man it's like they were inventing reinventing the wheel every day when the wheel they had rolled perfectly so you know
4: exactly i like i say all news is local it's kind of like politics people in murfreesboro they want to know who, who the starting quarterback at Riverdale is going to be, When's, when are the high schools going to open up, and, and where are the fish biting, and is, is, there, is there a local driver going to be re- running races at the super speedway? So put things like that in that your local readers are interested in reading, and they'll buy your newspaper.
3: Well, um, Larry, speaking of the track in Gladeville, um, I know you met with, I guess, a representative of Dover, and Dover is... Uh, giving up one of its races up there and bringing it here. Uh, you know, we've had the Indy car, the trucks, the, the, a race that used to be the Bush series. I'm not sure what they call it now. Xfinity.
4: Now it's, it's the second, second, the tier, second tier, yeah, Xfinity.
3: Uh, we've had that. But we've never had a big race. Why did Dover do that? And do they really think they can make it go?
4: Uh, they do, Monty. The reason they did it was to to break into the big nashville uh, sports market booming sports market, and you know the speedway super speedway, Monty could as you know, and a lot of our, your listeners know, they could have had a a cup race when they first built a track twenty years ago they They ran ten years without without one and and they and and it just wasn't a success. The so area fans were used to the big league races and the cup guys. The guys like Petty and Earnhardt and Waltrip and Yarborough and Allison—all those great drivers—and when Dover wouldn't bring one of its Cup races down to the Super Speedway from from uh, from its track in, in, in Delaware, where it has two a year, the track just didn't it it didn't didn't it didn't work. Fans just weren't interested in the second and th- third tier races. I think it'll work now. Uh, Dover gave gave in, a think, again, Monty, because it's just so anxious to break into the big market. Also, frankly, it, its races in, in Dover weren't growing that well. Also, Dover uh, divested itself from its casino, and so it doesn't need to have those big casino crowds anymore. It's not, in, it's not involved in that. So a lot of, lot of things came together to make Dover change its mind and say, okay, we'll bring one of our cup races to, to Gladeville. I think, Monty, it'll be the, the, one of the biggest stories to, to hit, the, hit Middle Tennessee ever, a uh, uh, return of a cup race. Uh, it's it's too far to, down the road to to forecast because we don't know what the economy will be and the, and the pandemic and everything. But if things go well, Monty, I could see uh, at at some point a crowd of a hundred thousand turning out for a cup race at Gladeville, which of course would be even bigger than a Titans crowd. Now again, that's a that's a projection. We just don't know what will happen with the virus and the economy and all that. But if things go as 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 hoped. And as as I, I kind of suspect they will, I, I could see a, a, a crowd of a hundred thousand flocking into not not Gladeville, but coming to the race and then spreading out all over Middle Tennessee uh, because there wouldn't be enough hotel rooms in Austin and in, uh, Lebanon and Murfreesboro and around uh, to accommodate them. It would spill over into Nashville. <coughs> so I think the entire Middle Tennessee region would uh, would would really benefit from it. I, as I say, Marty, I think it's one of the biggest sports developments. Uh, maybe second only to the Titans uh, arriving in town.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Wilson County and um, Rutherford County would certainly, that would bode well for their economy, money being spent here.
4: It would be a boom, Monty. You can imagine 100,000 people come rolling in for three or four days, all the motel rooms, the restaurants, gift shops, uh, just just everything in the world. All all the economy would just, uh, you know, it would be a ripple effect. It would be... Again, one of the biggest things to, to hit, or maybe the biggest thing to hit, uh, uh Wilson County and, and Rutherford County, maybe ever in, in terms of a, of, of a sports impact on the economy. Yeah.
3: You know, it's funny. I, back in the day when they first opened and I, I did some features and stories, uh, from the track, it was funny, you go to like the, a truck truck race that week and, uh, come up with a story you know it it was kind of like a bunch of good old boys up under the hood like you'd see down at a regular garage and then when the indy cars came they'd have four or five computers (laughs) that had they were were plugged into the engines uh, doing all this diagnostic testing it was totally different
4: it's like like watching nasa technicians work on those cars but uh, no it's going to be uh like I say, Monty, it, it, it's going to be fun. And uh, I was talking to Gary Baker, one of my old friends. And, and Gary, he's, a, he's an expert on, on, on NASCAR racetracks, Monty. At one time, he, he ran the, the, the track here at Fairgrounds. He, he owned the track in Bristol, and he, owned, he operated, uh, owned the track in Atlanta. He owned three major NASCAR tracks. Gary always said that his great quote, Monty, was, was Nashville could be Daytona without the beach. That's how big. That's how how big uh, NASCAR racing could be in Nashville with a big league event. It could be. Jerry said it could be second only to Daytona because of the country music uh, uh, angle. You know, NASCAR fans are country music fans, and when they come flooding into to, to to Nashville and and Murfreesboro, Lebanon, all of the Middle Tennessee area, they would be a, a destination point for a lot of NASCAR fans. They would come to. Nashville for the cup race for the same reason they go to Daytona for the cup race for the beach and everything at Daytona. So again, we'll see if Nash- if Gary is right, that, that we will become Daytona without the beach. But again, I, I tend to agree with Gary. I, I just think Monty, the potential is, is, is unlimited for that track with, with a cup race.
3: We're joined today by Larry Woody, long time writer, author and columnist. Uh, This portion of the show has been brought to you by First Bank, uh, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. We'll take a break and be right back.
0: Dr. Craig McCabe, the eye doctor you hear on the
5: radio. True Tear unit works well. You produce your own tears, and your own tears is the best thing you can have. It's better than any eye drops you can buy on the store. McCabe Vision Center. You've just got
0: to try it. True Tear. McCabe Vision Center on Heritage Park Drive, just off Memorial, behind SunTrust Bank. True Tear. McCabe Vision Center.
2: How do you know you're in a community, not just a town? Well, strangers smile as they walk by. They refill your coffee without you asking. And when you ask directions, people offer to walk you there. Communities give more. The way you know when you walk into First Bank that you are in a real community bank. Great products, direct access to your local bankers, and relationships that can last a lifetime. Don't just have an account. Have a community with First Bank, member FDIC.
1: Hello friends, thanks for listening in. This is Lenny Farmer here for Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. Wow, cremation seems to be the talk of the day and you probably have a question or two about whether that should be your final choice because so many questions surround this method of finality to life. Let me set your mind at ease by answering your plaguing questions. You can reach me at 615-893-2422 to set up a time for a no-pressure question and answer period to help determine what is best for you. Jennings and Ayers.
0: GNS Primetime Sports.
5: Sponsored by the law offices of John Day. If you've been injured, go to johndaylegal.com.
1: The TSSAA Board of Control held a special meeting Wednesday to discuss plans for the upcoming football and girls' soccer seasons due to the extended COVID-19 state of emergency through August 29th. Bernard Childress, Executive Director, updated the board on the status of discussions with the Governor's Legal Counsel saying they're working, based on conversations they're having, as a best way to move forward. And because of that, decided to delay any vote on a contingency plan until they have details worked out with the governor's office. Childress said the governor's office legal counsel needed time to observe data and work with the TSSAA, but there will come a time to make a decision on a contingency plan, but Childress said their opinion right now is not the time to make that decision. Complete coverage at
0: WGNSSports.com. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com.
3: Welcome back to All Sports Talk, joined today by Larry Woody. Larry, um, now if I'm not mistaken, I read something that uh, they raced at the fairgrounds last weekend.
4: They did. They had to, finally got around to the season opener. Uh, I didn't get to go. I was out of town uh, last Saturday night. But uh, I guess that was the fourth one. But in, anyway, uh, I, I talked to a friend of mine who who has a racing publication here in town. Said it was a uh, had a, had a pretty good crowd for a Fourth of July night and the season opener. And uh, so so far so good for the for the old fairgrounds. Now, having said that, Monty, once the Super Speedway cranks up, it it plans to uh, to run some some lower division races like Xfinity and the, and the trucks and so forth. And so there's a question if if the Super Speedway draws away fans, you know, from the fairgrounds, you know what you know what's that gonna gonna mean for the fairgrounds? I guess they could continue to run the the local division stuff. But it, uh, it it could be a struggle competing against the super speedway, and again, depending on how many how many of those lower level races the speedway tries to to you know to siphon off. But I hope the fairgrounds does well. That's a a historical old track. I guess Monty, maybe the the, the most famous short track and in, in the country would be fairground speedway. People like Marty Robbins used to, to race there and then rush downtown on Saturday night to get to the Opry and play the, the final set on the Opry coming in straight from the track, all sweaty and grimy. So just a ton of history at the old fairgrounds and, uh, I, I, I sure hope it can succeed. I, you know, I, I guess it's nostalgia or whatever, but, uh, there, there's a lot of history at that old place and I, I would sure hate to see it fold.
3: All right, Larry, we'll move on. Um. Vanderbilt often does things that you kind of scratch your head at, and they did it again uh, last week by pretty much dissolving their media relations department. Um, Vanderbilt resides in the biggest conference in the country that get, receives more media requests than anything. And I know a guy, Larry Leathers, that's worked there for years. I don't know if he's got a job or taken a buyout or, or what, but it's uh, uh, just absolutely puzzling to me.
4: Yeah, I, I don't understand how a big-time university like Vanderbilt can ha- can want can aspire to have a big-time sports program and not have a sports information department. I mean, at, at MTSU, as you know, Monty, the, the, the sports information department is a big deal. I, I you know, I don't, I don't see how you how you can have a sports program without a, a, a an SID department. But as you said, Vanderbilt has always done things strangely you know did away with the athletic director's position for crying out loud so i don't know how they're going to do it uh you know maybe they think well we don't have enough <laughs> enough to have a sports information department but uh joking aside you know it, it's sometimes it's on. I, I, I'll, I'll admit sometimes monty i'm embarrassed for them I, I don't know if vanderbilt really realizes how goofy they look at times or not and 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 I say that having a lot of a lot of friends out there and certainly yeah. in the past, like you said, Larry Leathers, he was as good in S I D as there was in the conference uh, back in, in in my day, Lou Harris, Tony Lee, Neely, people like that, uh they were as good at their job as anybody in the conference and, and maybe more so because they had had to work so hard to you know w- with what they had to work with, you know, I did easy to be s.i.d. for basketball s.i.d. at kentucky or football s.i.d. at Georgia or alabama it's not so easy at vanderbilt to try to get good publicity for your programs and and those guys like lou and larry leathers and, and tony neely man they, they, they worked their tails off and did a tremendous job i just don't understand what, what vanderbilt's thinking of uh, thinking if if they are thinking sometimes I wonder if they even thinking when they do things like this, I still don't have any idea how to work out. And again, I don't have a dog in the hunt because I won't be covering Vanderbilt. But when back in the days when I did, uh, my God, I was a beat writer for about 11 years and I, it would have been hard to cover the beat without a sports information department. So I, I don't know how they're going to do it.
3: And, you know, back up to one of the points you made about MTSU's media relations department. I, I think they're outstanding. And I know sometimes I may be critical of some things MTSU does, but, um, I'm not an AD or I'm not a coach or, you know, uh, they, they're smarter than I am, but, um, they have, um, you know, I know Tony Stinnett with the women's basketball. He was a long time sports writer for the DNJ. He does a great job promoting their women's program. Um, Mark Owens, who oversees it all with the football and the golf, and um, they have a really talented writer over there, uh, Josh Barnaman, who does a great job. You know, you, you can imagine how many athletes they have. They come from different different backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds. They come from different countries. And he does a great job. He did a story a couple weeks ago that would about bring you to tears about a guy that a kid that plays basketball for him when he was in high school he was homeless and um his basketball coach and his wife ended up adopting him and it it kind of carried the story kind of carried through you through the trials and tribulations he went through literally as a kid, a high school kid, uh, walking the streets, just waiting for the sun to come up. So uh, they do a the good that job. Story, right.
4: Martin, there's a ton, ton like them. If you, but you know, the best store in the world is no good. If nobody can find it and read it exactly. and, and back to MTSU sports information department, Monty. It it was the best I ever worked with, and and I I, I, I say that knowing, you know, people are going to say, Woody's just blowing smoke" because he's on a Murfreesboro radio station. MTSU had the best sports information department to work with, and I made friends Monty back in the early '70s. People like Jim uh, Jim Simpson, Jim Freeman, those guys over there, and Ed Given later on. Still, still, some of my best friends in the world were were people who worked in the sports information department. And uh, just tremendous. Anything you wanted or needed, they they were a phone call away. If they didn't have it, they would get it for you. And it's and and they realized, mind you, they were smart enough to realize the value of publicity. You know that uh, MTSU needs publicity, and the, and the sports information department went out of their way to make sure the media got anything they wanted or needed. If you needed a player interview, you could call someone in the in the SID office, and an hour later. You would have it, or or know when when you're going to get it. You know they would they would make sure you got anything you needed, and uh, and, and, and I, I think Monty, that's one reason that that, that it helped MTSU success. You know, publicity uh, draws attention, attention draws recruits and fans, and uh, middle was smart enough to know the value of a really good sports information department, and has always had one dating back to when I first started working with them in the, in the early 1970s, and, and, and still does, as you say, Mark, and his, his guys, Larry, those guys, they still do a tremendous job.
3: Yeah, all, everybody in that department, not just the couple I mentioned. I'm not meaning to leave anybody out. But, um, Larry, I will move on again. Uh, the Big Ten announced yesterday it's going to play a um, conference schedule only. Uh, Ohio State was slated to play Oregon this year. I think um, Michigan and Washington maybe. So a couple of those big non-conference games are out. And uh, the Pac-12 is probably going to announce in the next week that it's going to do the same thing. I don't know where the SEC hasn't really said. They said they're just looking at options. ACC is considering it. So um, it's going to be a different year if we have a year.
4: The last thing I read, uh, Monty, this morning on, the, on the, the, the web was that the SEC has called a, uh, a meeting of the, of the athletics directors athletic directors to, to kind of to, to see kind of what the Big Ten's doing, study what they're doing, and, and reach a decision at some point about what the SEC is doing. The, the story, Monty, said <laughs> there's like 10 or 12 different proposals that they're going to be looking at, including, you know, a conference-only schedule. But the bottom line is, as we speak, they haven't made a decision. They still don't know what's going to happen. in if, with SEC football, uh, but they hope to start on, on 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 schedule, start start some kind of schedule around uh, the you know the first of September when some of the first games were, were set. But again, the, the way they said uh, look at it, they've still got about, about a month to decide. And again, I, I think, Monty, it just all depends on the pandemic. If, if, it, if it slows and, and kind of fizzles out in the next two or three weeks, I, I think there's a chance. I, I think the SEC will play football, and it might only be a conference only you know, deal where, where, where all the games are, are conference games. But if the pandemic flares up again, Monty, I, I think there's a good chance I don't think there's a good chance. I, I, there won't be a football season if the pandemic flares up again in the next two or three weeks, or maybe, say, even the worst-case scenario, the week before the season opener. There, there won't be a football season. It, it will be shut down, and it'll be see you next year. But again, that those decisions haven't been made, and, and frankly, I don't know. I don't see how the Big Ten could be so confident about what it's going to do because it's under the same uh, same deal. If, uh, if this thing flares up again. There's not going to be a football season. I don't know. I don't care how many plans the Big Ten ads make. If if half the football players in the in the Big Ten and the coaching staff test positive for the coronavirus, they're not going to play football. So again, it's like we said, Monty, for going on four months now. We we don't know what's going to happen. The season could could start as scheduled and and, and be fairly normal. Again, I I really think right now the best thing we're, we could hope for are conference games, but. But, again, the whole thing could be shut down. It just depends on the pandemic and the and the experts. Monty, the more I hear the experts talk, the less confident I am that they know what they're talking about. I mean, it changes almost every day. So, uh, at, like for the last three and a half or four months, we're just having to wait and see what happens tomorrow. And, uh, and we don't have any idea what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm, I'm still hopeful. I still hope we have a football season. College football is my favorite sport and I'm not nearly as optimistic about having a season as I was maybe, say, three or four
3: weeks ago. All righty, Larry. Good to catch up with you as always. Appreciate your uh, time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
4: And be sure and put my stories up on top of the front page,
3: Monty. Hey, they'll be number one on the website. <laughs> okay, great. Good to talk to you. See you, Larry. Okay. Appreciate Larry Woody joining us today. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. And Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report.
2: It's Commander Chuck, and it's my goal to get you to and from work each weekday around the congestion and all the accidents. Listen for my traffic reports every weekday morning and afternoon here on News Radio WGNs, and see real-time traffic information at OnTimeTraffic.net. Good afternoon. It's crowded out here as expected for a Friday afternoon. Two thirty-one over I twenty-four. Some of this traffic here trying to head out towards Shelbyville. Just stop and go sections of Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Busy on Sam Ridley coming off the interstate, headed back out towards Smyrna. Hey, for that perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg. check out cosby creek cabins cosbycreekcabins.com i'm commander chuck with your on-time traffic i'm meteorologist ray miller from news radio wgns with a reminder that you can download the weatherology app on your phone for the forecast at your fingertips we can even send weather bulletins directly to your phone download the weatherology app today it's free in the app store
5: The uh, chatter about college football really took a turn over the last couple of days as uh, the Ivy League was the first to break the ice and cancel uh, all sports through the end of December. The uh, Big Ten yesterday followed with an announcement that they would play only uh, conference games in football. The the non-conference games... That were uh, the Big Ten had scheduled to play. That were guaranteed games for schools coming into their stadiums amounted to over 22 million dollars. So uh, I've already seen some speculation uh, around the country that there could be some of those opponents who might be uh, looking to sue those Big 12 or Big Ten schools for not playing. Big question on the mind of Middle Tennessee fans and in Conference USA is uh, where is Conference USA standing on this? And in Middle's case, what is the ACC going to do? Well, they have already announced, uh, the ACC has announced that they will not start any uh, uh, games of any of their fall sports, which will include volleyball, soccer, like that, until September 1st. That still does not touch football. Well, last night, uh, on an administrative call, Uh, the ACC has decided it is not yet ready to decide on whether it will follow the Big Ten's lead and play conference games only. That came in a tweet from Matt Fortuna, who is the uh, president of the Football Writers Association and uh, is a writer for The Athletic. So uh, the ACC still in play right now, which for middle, that includes two games. That includes the Duke game uh, on the 5th of September and the home game with Virginia Tech on the 19th. But still, that is, uh, you know, right now still on the schedule, and uh, the ACC has not made a move to this point. All right, Conference USA, in a report from the Denton uh, Record Chronicle, uh, says Conference USA is evaluating options for all a fall sports season at a time that conferences across the country are taking drastic actions. The quote from Judy McLeod, Commissioner of Conference USA, says, We're continuing to discuss with our membership, but no decisions have been made. We're receiving advice from medical experts and examining all options. College sports were shut down, of course, in March due to the spread of COVID-19. Conference USA was forced to call off its men's and women's basketball tournament uh, following first-round games. The league, of course, later canceled its spring sports season and spring football practice. The NCAA men's basketball tournament was called off shortly after Conference USA made its move. All right, Ja'Cory Williams playing for the Heard That team in the basketball tournament. Uh, Well, he was the player of the game yesterday on television. As Heard That closed out – their game with the money team with an 18 to five run and captured a 102 to 99 victory and move on to the third round of the basketball tournament. Looking at the numbers for Jakori yesterday, 30 points, six rebounds. He was 10 of 15 from the floor, and again by far uh, he he was a, a big a big uh, player for heard that. Chris Coakley, formerly of UAB, he had 32 points in the ball game and seven rebounds. And uh, looking at those uh, Marshall players who were on the team, uh, John Elmore uh, had only seven points in the game. Uh, Rondell Watson had five points, but heard that, gets the win, and they move on to round three congratulations to jacori and his teammates in the basketball tournament that's it for friday it's uh, time for the weekend take care of yourself and be good to each other
3: all right chip we appreciate you as always have a great weekend we'll talk to you monday and remind everyone the blue raider insider report brought to you every day by wayne blair and rayborn insurance steve ruckard and rai advisors and Mike Tanzel and my team insurance. We'll take a break and be right back.
5: Hi, I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty Bob Lamb and Associates. These are unprecedented times we're going through. All of us in any kind of business are taking precautions. I'm here today to tell you that we're still doing business and I'm subscribing to the best practices about personal interaction. Technology is our ally, from virtual home tours to digital document movement and signing. My website is my digital hub at choosechip.net. Homes are still being bought and sold, and I'm here to do that in a safe, responsible manner and to be your trusted advisor in real estate. All Sports
0: Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com.
3: Welcome back in to All Sports Talk on this Friday, Will Kreisky. Head football coach at Riverdale High School. Join us. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Doing good. Well, let's just jump right into things. I think Wednesday we were all waited with bated breath for the vote of the TSSAA. decided to table that vote on what contingency plans uh, they were going to use, saying that uh, they were still working with the governor's council, um, hoping that maybe they can even – uh, kick things off um, uh, as scheduled, but uh, most coaches I talk to I think still would have um, liked to know which one of those plans they would use, so I guess you could kind of make contingency plans of your own.
6: Yes, sir. You know, that is kind of frustrating on our part because, you know, I had a club meeting last night, and... I told, you know, like we have plans. We have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C because we don't know when our season's going to start. You know, we have things we got to get done. We have to order season tickets. We have to take care of field maintenance. We have to order paint. You know, you have to set up your team pitcher day and, and just things like that. You have to get everything done because say it comes back and they want to go back to normal, well, you can't sit back on your heels and wait and then try to schedule everything last minute. So, you know, and it is kind of frustrating on our part. You know how most coaches are pretty uh, anal about staying on a plan and having a plan. So uh, it's kind of what plan do we go with right now?
3: Yeah, I think most coaches, because this has never been part of y'all's um, equation into going about your business, um, you, you're almost just flying by the seat of your pants right now, aren't you?
6: Yeah, yeah, we are because we we don't know when our first game is. You know, say we do kick off August 21st. Well, we want to make sure our kids are in conditioning and in the shape to be able to play a full quarter game the 21st of August. But then again, we may not play until September 18th. So, how much are you going to wear and carry your kids until that September 18th game? So, you know, it's um, like you said, it's it's all over the place right now.
3: You know, things are so much different than they used to be when. There was two a days, and football players weren't. If you wanted water, you were soft. <laughs> all that, all that's kind of changed. And it's not like you beat your kids down, but you you need to tackle, tackling and blocking are such. They're obviously the two critical things in football. Um, and you gotta get adjusted as a player, particularly if you're a skilled player, into taking those blows, don't you? Yes,
6: sir, you know, that uh, conditioning of once you get into equipment is a, a totally different level. I mean, kids, uh, you know, they'll survive all day long and teach them the helmet. But when you get those shoulder pads and pants on and got the helmet on and it's 100 degrees outside, you know, they have to not only condition their bodies, you know, to the physical part of the game, but also mentally, you know, how much can they push their body. and you know, they have to be prepared by taking care of their bodies, by eating the right things, and make sure they're drinking enough fluids. And, and um, so they have to they have to really, really do a great job of taking care of their bodies. And if they're not taking care of their bodies, um, then it'll show. And, and they have to get the bumps and bruises so they can know what they can take on their body physically.
3: Um, of course, the school board voted last night. Um, I thought they might table their vote, but they didn't. Um, They're going to open school um, sometime in August um, and have a traditional school year with the caveat being there's an option there where you can um, um, do online classes. Um, Do you expect most of your players will um, be in school or do you have some that may do online or have you really even discussed it with them?
6: To be honest with you, I haven't really discussed it with you now. After the
0: decision last
6: night was made with the school board, you know, I had a, a lot of kids and parents, you know, text me, blowing me up. I guess they just assumed we'd automatically start the season, and I told them we had to slow down a little bit, and, and there's still some more things to be done before we know what's going on with the season. But I think I think the majority of the kids will come to school. Uh, there may be a few that, that choose the online option. Um, but, you know, if you do choose a lot of options, you still will be required to be, you know, around the other students and be a part of that physical contact of uh, football.
3: Um, of those options that were laid out there uh, the previous week, uh, which one were you in favor of?
6: You know, I had a tough time deciding. I really like the, uh, the eight game, you know, because that gives you an option to play uh, four teams. Home and four teams away. Uh, you know, people don't realize, you know, football is a very, very expensive sport. And financially, you know, you don't get all your home games. And um, it can set you back um, on ordering equipment and jerseys and different things like that. You know, just paying for your helmet, reconditioning and repainting of your helmets. Um, so I really like the four and four. Now that's, that only allowed two uh, teams going to the playoffs. And, and, you know, that makes a region games is very, very important um but you know the seven game I understand um but if you do the seven game, you'd only yeah three you know, possibility of having three home games um now, four teams would go to the playoffs and it'd be a normal playoff system um uh, so you know, I went back and forth fighting both of those um but like I said, the eight game looked appealing because you were guaranteed at least four home games
3: um You know, and with that, you know, I mean, it used to be two teams went and that was it, and that's when bowl games were big because a third or fourth place team in the league could have a good team. I mean, for years it was Riverdale or Oakland were winning it, but there was also some years where Warren County was in there, you know, so a team might get left out. Um, That being said, too, though, uh, you guys were a four seed one year. I mean, I think you tied for second. It was the way the – tiebreakers went, but you guys went on the road and, and won at Mount Juliet.
6: Yeah, Coach Maynard and I discussed about that. We talked about that, how it was uh, two years ago, all three of us finished eight and two and tied tied the same record in the region, and we happened to bump all the way down to four. Uh, so, you know, that is a tough, you know, with, the, with our region, the way it is and how competitive it is. You know, Cook was going to be loaded this year, Oakland, Blackman. You know, so they'll be really good. And, uh, you know, Siegel and Warren, Coffee, all those teams are really competitive. And, and it's going to be tough. And with just the two teams winning, you know, we'll, we'll have to scratch. Just trying to stay alive as
3: well. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see what football uh, is like this fall. But I know you're like every coach and like every sports writer. You just want to see football, regardless of, of what scenario it may be
6: yeah i just would like these kids to be able to have opportunities you know this is some of the some of these kids man it's their highlight of their lives you know being out on the football field and being in a locker room with the, with the boys and, and hanging out and, you know and they're not able to experience all this right now you know, we're not even allowed to go in the locker room right now so the kids you know usually my kids will even after practice they'll hang around an hour or two just Cutting up and hanging out. I, I we can't even let them in the building to do that. So you know, um, they're missing some some team binding stuff and team binding experiences. But and, you know, we can we can only control what we can control. But um, yeah, we're we're all ready for some
3: football. We're joined today by Riverdale football coach Will Kreisky. We'll take a break and be right back. Music.
0: Start your day with a wake-up room with John Dinkins, Brian Barrett, and Dalton Barrett. Like buck-teeth bonzeroo <laughs> over there. <laughs> wow.
2: He sticks his teeth away out when he does it. I'm, I mean, it's amazing. Weekday mornings, 6 to 7.50. Good afternoon. It's crowded out here as expected for a Friday afternoon, 231 over I-24. Some of this traffic here trying to head out towards Shelbyville. Just stop and go sections of Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Busy on Sam Ridley coming off the interstate headed back out towards Smyrna. Hey, for that perfect getaway just outside Gallipher, check out Cosby Creek Cabins. CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We do it your way Sir Pizza. Murfreesboro's Favorite Pizza
1: is open for dine-in with social distancing and special precautions. Of course, you can still order
5: online, call in for pickup, and have Sir Pizza delivered to your door. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Ken Ayer. Find out more about Creekside Assisted Living 895-3002 or online at www.creeksideassistedliving.com. Parks Auction. We handle everything.
4: Whether you're buying or selling a home or whether you're buying or selling commercial property, the auction is just so much easier, quicker, smoother. My wife and I sold our personal home, Parks Auctions, and helped us with that. The house brought about 20% more than we were going to ask for.
0: Visit our website at parksauction.com to learn more.
2: High now
1: $15. Stan Vaught and the Parks Auction team are proud supporters of local high school and MTSU sports.
0: 30. 30. All sports talk on News Radio. W- WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Welcome back to All
3: Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank. Locations in the borough, Woodbury, Nashville, and 46 others across the state. That's First Bank. Will Kreisky, Riverdale head football coach, join us today, Coach? Um, looking into the future a little bit, you got a couple guys are being heavily recruited this year. I know they want to get out there.
6: Yes, you know uh, one of our seniors, Devon Nelson, you know, he's been uh, recruited real heavily, and um, you know he's he's excited to get back on the field. And, you know we have other seniors like you know CJ Johnson that needs a season like he. The colleges, coaches say he's a little undersized, but he's a heck of a football player, and, and he, he would like to have a season to be able to showcase his talents um, on, on the set on Friday night. And Jerry Russell's another one of those seniors that um, is being recruited heavily. Some colleges have not pulled the trigger, um, so he really would. Uh, he's got a couple offers uh UT e. Martin and uh East Kentucky, but you know, I think if opportunity presents himself, he'll he'll do a good job of being able to get some more by his production on the field and you know, Zaylin McKinney, you know, he's got a lot of a lot of, a lot of looks from colleges and things like that. So he would like to play and, and we also have the uh the Henry brothers out there, so both of them uh have been recruited. Pretty strong here lately. Um so uh yeah, all these young kids and Alex Mitchell, they all just want to get out there and play. And, you know, we got some running backs that have some opportunities to showcase themselves, some young ones, Marcus Lloyd. And so they're all—they're all—they just going to play on Friday night. Um,
3: w- w- what's your situation at quarterback? You know, we
6: have a, a, a healthy competition going on. Uh, Jameson Holcomb, who will be a rising junior, and KG, Hewitt, will be a rising sophomore. Um, both of those are more asked and really doing a good job of of. So, so their their spot. Cade's uh, been banged up a little bit. Um, he got hurt back in basketball season, so he, he's slowly coming back to full speed. But Cade's um, uh, a talented athlete. He can be used in most positions for us. And he's going to be a heck of a sophomore football player for us. And, you know, Jameson, you know, I mean, he's uh, he lived and breathed football since he was born. And, um, you know, the... The positive thing about the quarantine was that he was at home with the offensive coordinator every day, so they they really did a good job working and, and trying to progress his uh, skills.
3: All right, Coach. It's good to catch up with you as always. We appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it, Monty. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. That's Riverdale Coach Will Kreisky joining us today. And uh, they've got a talented team this year, and, you know, as – do as he mentioned in this league. Uh, I wasn't sure what Cookville has, but I know they got a great coach and Jimmy Maynard. They were young and down a little last year, but um, uh, they got better as the year went on, and um, they'll be a force to be reckoned with. And of course, Oakland and Blackman. Uh, Siegel got a new coach. Uh, be interesting to see what uh, they're able to do. Um, uh, Rockvale in its second year now. I tell you what, Rockville's had to overcome some obstacles. They haven't had a spring practice yet since they opened their doors, and um, they got a lot of players. They got a lot of you know willing bodies, um, young, very young. They were really young last year, so be interesting to see um, some other things. Um, Ohio State has um, ceased its workouts. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, um, the Big Ten is going to um, a conference schedule only this year, um, and I expect some other conferences to fall. I think the Pac-12 expected to make the same announcement within the week, within a week or so. ACC considering, you know, and then you want, then you look at that and you okay, who's Notre Dame going to play? You know, uh, they have some traditional uh, rival game. the USC Notre Dame game, uh, USC, I mean uh, yeah, USC Notre Dame, uh, Michigan Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame plays four or five ACC schools. Of course they're in the ACC and other sports. So uh, are, are they going to be are they still going to play? Uh, those games. Um, and then you got to look at MTSU. A um, uh, big money game for them is um, Connecticut on the road. Um, but Middle, I think, essentially took Ole Miss' a spot in that game. So they're getting paid a hefty amount of money from Ole Miss to go to that game. Um, uh, Virginia Tech is scheduled to come here. That's a program that travels pretty well. Uh, You would expect a good crowd for that game. Uh, Middle's supposed to go to Duke. Uh, They're supposed to host Indiana State. Uh, Will Indiana State be... Will the uh, FBS schools, are they going to allow them to travel? You know, there's some cost-cutting measures going out there. And uh, if if you think this thing... Is not hit universities. Um, Stanford has cut eleven varsity sports. Now they, it's about a third. They, I think they play thirty-four sports. So essentially, they've cut um, a third of their sports. And Stanford is a very wealthy institution. So you look at schools like the Sun that are in the Sun Belt and. Conference USA, even the Mountain West. Um, uh, this virus is uh, going to greatly affect their wallets, you know. And to date, middle's not been has not had to announce any um, uh, slashing of sports or anything like that. And uh, that's the sad thing about all this. It's not. It's 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 not necessarily okay. You can't play. They, it's just something they got to deal with uh, they've already dealt with it athletes all the country have already dealt with it uh, football players haven't dealt with it but they're dealing they're going to deal with some ramifications now um, but it's the when you see schools eliminating sports uh, that's sad now most of them from what i've heard are still honoring the scholarships it's just they don't have the money to operate. They don't generate revenue. I mean, you know, tennis, golf, track, you know, volleyball. I mean, volleyball, you know, middle has some pretty good crowds at volleyball. But, I mean, in in terms of true revenue producers like basketball, uh, football, um, even baseball at a lot of universities um, these other sports you know the travel I mean my gosh the travels is the expense of that just in itself just you know, the day-to-day operations upkeep of facilities things like that um, it's difficult to do. All righty. This is going to do it for the week. Tropical Storm Fay
1: makes landfall.
3: There is already significant.